It's Tom Bilyeu here. And if you are addicted to the relentless pursuit of greatness, then I've got something special for you guys. The Motivation Daily Podcast by Motiversity. It's your daily fix of motivation, inspiration, and wisdom featuring the best speeches and speakers on the planet. We cover it all. Life, business, relationships, discipline, purpose, mental health, sports, studying, focus, you name it. With exclusive speeches from heavy hitters like Coach Payne, Billy Allsbrooks, Marcus Taylor, Dr. Jessica Houston, Walter Bond, and more. If you're ready to take control, level up, or just crush your day, then Motivation Daily Podcast is your secret weapon. Search for the Motivation Daily Podcast and follow wherever you listen to amazing podcasts. You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. Welcome, everyone, to the second edition of the Impact Theory team live Q&A. We're taking over the airways. We're taking over Tom's channel because he's down at Comic-Con, and we are here for you to answer your questions about impact theory, uh, get a behind the scenes look. So thank you for joining us. And uh, also we have a very exciting thing today. We're giving away a lot of prizes. We have shirts, we have posters, we have audible subscriptions. We have a signed book by a very special guest on impact theory. So stick around, don't go away and let's settle in and get into this. So first off, we're going to go around and just quickly introduce ourselves. We'll start with Cindy. All right. Hi, everyone. I'm Cindy. I'm the Impact Theory Marketing Associate, uh, Community Manager, uh, Events Coordinator, a whole bunch of different things. Um, it's a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, that's that's me. <laughs> you probably already know Cindy, I'm assuming. <laughs> but you may not know this next gentleman right here. Yeah, so I'm normally behind the scenes, guys. My name is Ibrahim Elgalad, and I am the production intern so um, everything that has to do with the cameras, the audio, the editing, um, and uploading, I take care of. Nice. Hi, everyone. Uh, again, from last week, I'm Amanda. I'm the assistant here at Impact Theory. All right. And I am your host, Agent Smith, here trying to hold it down while Tom and Lisa are away. Let's do this. Let's get into this and have some fun. We have some questions from Tom and Lisa, too, left over. So let's dive into those. What guest that we've had on Impact Theory has meant the most to you and why? Hold up. I think we already did that yeah, question. Yeah, I did this one. <laughs> we did that one. Let's go to the next one. What subject makes you feel the most alive? Oh, okay. What subject makes you feel the most alive? To be elaborated on. I would love everyone to just, whatever they define subject as. Yeah. Okay. All right. I can go. I mean, it's got to be uh, literature. I mean, I, I studied literature for a long time. I went to grad school. I almost became a professor in literature. It is the thing that makes me feel most alive, reading books, learning about literature, culture, history, asking questions. That's it. Cool. Does people count as a subject? Sure. Because yeah. I think that's that's like my biggest subject that's kind of had the most longevity and if i think about all the other subjects that i really really love they all have to really like they really do have to do with people and storytelling so i think it would be people nice 
Yeah. Well, similar to Cindy's, my subject is psychology. I always love figuring out what makes people tick. And so honestly, I, I just love anything that's around people and figuring out what I can do to benefit and improve and grow as an individual, individual and also helping other people do the same. Nice. Uh, mine's like a combination of all yours, science. Wow. I think science I makes me feel most alive. Um, can read the literature of science or study the people um, or psychology. I just think like the human body's amazing and just every day learning more and more just about the human body system um, and our living organism is amazing. So, That's awesome. I love it. That's great. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's jump in and give away a prize already. Why, <laughs> not, why don't we keep yeah. this going? So here's our Impact Theory shirt. I'm wearing it too, but we have a ton of shirts at our store. That's at shop.impacttheory.com. We have the TTFUBC shirt and tank for the ladies. We have the do shirt amongst others. You can go get one of these, um, one of your choosing, if you can answer the following question right. All right, so we're gonna, we're gonna ask the question and we're going to pick one winner from whoever gets the correct response. So the question is, to date, how many episodes of Impact Theory, our main show, have we released? How many episodes? Drop it into the comments. <laughs> Drop it into the comments, and we will come back around and choose a winner. Good luck, everybody. Good luck. All right. All right, let's go to another question from Tom and Lisa. What's the one skill set you've developed since being here at Impact Theory that you've put to use? Skill set. Skill set. Anyone want to take this oh, one? I'll start off. All right. Um, I'd say one skill set I've learned since working here in production is always thinking outside the box when problems show up because sometimes you may have things come up, whether it's um, something's not recording right or camera's out of focus or just getting things out on time. And so I'm always looking at better ways to um, facilitate that. But ultimately, it was one thing that Tom said uh, a while back where um, he talks about it's better to be first than to be right. And that was something I took away and I use in uh, my own role where I'm not focused on always just making sure everything is perfect, but just getting it to the point where we're just doing it and getting it out there and um, learning as you go, uh, pivoting and improving as you go. Nice. That's good. I like that. I go next? Other ones? Yeah. Amanda? Uh, do only what's do only what moves you towards your goals. I think that's a big one that I've learned in thinking about anything. Like, is this going to take me to my goal or away from my goal? If it's going to take me away, then don't do it. Or, yeah, that's something I I live by now strongly. Nice. nice. Yeah. Um, skill sets would be pretty much all of the marketing we do mm. from the beginning of everything. Just because I, when I started, um, over at Quest, I was like, it was like early days of marketing for me. So kind of building all the different tools, language, the skills around it, you know, marketing a podcast, that was something that I had never done, thought about. I had never even listened to a podcast before starting. Um, so kind of diving into that world and figuring out like what the differences and the audiences are for YouTube versus podcast versus Facebook versus Instagram versus Twitter versus like Snapchat, Tumblr, all of it. So I think those have been some of the 
most valuable skill sets that I've kind of acquired. And then all the kind of entrepreneurial things along the way with launching and starting a company and um, all the little details that go into that. Nice. I'm going to have to say on the more concrete side, um, influencer marketing. Mm. So I came from before going to Quest and and Impact Theory, um, the B2B side of marketing. And although influencer marketing was important. There were thought leaders in our space. It's it's not at all at the level that it is on the consumer side. Right. And so I had no background in that, um, but I was able to learn based on watching people at Quest and with all of Tom's knowledge and experience, and then just kind of set out on my own and research and try things out and really have learned a lot about that and been able to apply it. So that's been super interesting for me. Yeah. Fun. Cool. All right. Um, we don't have any questions from the audience yet. Do we have a winner for our shirt? I'm looking at uh, LC. What's her name? Terica. Terica Wright. Terica Wright. She got a mug the other night at <laughs> Impact Terica. Hour in Culver City. There you go. Congrats. And Terica, you get a shirt. It doesn't have to be this one. It could be one of your choosing from the store. We'll sync up with you. We'll figure out your size and your address and... We'll get it over to you. It could be the tank. It could be anything. But go check out the store, shop.impacttheory.com. Got a lot of new designs up there and more to come very soon. So and you might recognize some of the models. You, you <laughs> might recognize some of the models. <laughs> that was cool. Was yeah. That was a lot of fun. I can't wait to do the men's shoot. Yeah, we got to get the guys up there. But all the ladies from the team have been uh, modeling the shirts. So go check out yeah. the team members up on our store. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to go over to a question that we had left over from last time we did this because we had a lot of people asking questions. So give me one second here. Um, here's an interesting one. Curious how working with impact theory has affected your individual goals. Did you always know what you were trying to do with your life? Or do you know now? Ooh, getting <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> That's a good one, right? Uh... So I would say that working with impact theory has definitely like fleshed out certain things for me. So before coming, I kind of had like this vague sense of what I wanted to do and things start to get more concrete as you are in action doing things that excite you. Um, and then finding something that kind of intersected a lot of my passions. So passions for creating, mixed media, um, the ability to just be creative and innovative and like scrappy, um, working with people, getting to know people, uh, interviewing them, finding out everything there is to know about them, um, and then learning and reading and all of those things um, has been really great for me in figuring out kind of more concrete ways to kind of execute on that so um yeah nice all right that's great what i'll say uh, agreeing with cindy a lot of the things that you come in or i came in here with i always knew that i wanted to improve my own life grow as an individual and ultimately my my main mission is to end poverty worldwide and so it aligned with what tom was doing with this company and um, focusing on the mindset, how I love psychology. So it kind of allowed me to go more in depth on how to execute on different ideas, seeing the actual um, the ways to go about thinking about it and seeing other people also on the show and how they thought about um, coming up with solutions to different problems. So definitely I've grown in that aspect, but uh, my main mission is still to um, ultimately, because I grew up in poverty 
and seeing its effects to end poverty worldwide um, and through narrative as well as uh, mindset overall. Nice. Uh, for me, um, so I've always had a passion and dream to be a nurse. Um, I'm actually almost three-fourths of a way done with the nursing program, but on nice. hold uh, right now. And so being here now at Impact Theory has kind of made me think deeply, like to try to tap into like, what is it about nursing that I've loved? And is it something I really want to do? And mm -hmm. what I'm learning here more and more is I love the aspect of people and caring for people, but really being there, like the psych psychology wise and, and emotionally and mentally. And so now it's kind of making me realize like here, being here, I love what we're doing and I love this aspect. I mean, I love the physical care of people, but being able to help people emotionally and mentally and everything we're doing here with mindset, um, I'm realizing that this is like my passion, more of the psych psychology uh, route. So that's what I'm learning while being here. Nice. I'd say for me, um, I don't think it's changed my goals, but I think it's helped me um, focus more mm -hmm. because I think being in this environment and uh, you know, dealing with the ideas that we talk about each day, it's really about understanding what's Im most important to you and what doesn't matter. And so kind of like filtering out mm -hmm. the things in your life that aren't meaningful. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's helped me focus. I think it's helped me understand what matters to me, what's important to me, what I do need to care about and what I don't need to care about. So that's just kind of, I think, moved me down my path toward my goals. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. It's it's definitely caused me to focus a lot more or just figure out um, more clearly what it is that I want to do in the grand scheme. Yeah. Even if I don't have a perfect label for it yet. Yeah. It's just, you know, what is that nice. thing? Nice. Yeah. And you get to see a lot of different people's perspectives on it with the guests. And I think that's, helped me a lot as well, just uh, seeing how other people attack a certain problem. Nice. All right, here's a question from Madeline Milagros. She says, do you have any, you know Madeline? Yeah, she's in the Impact Theory. Oh, what's up, Madeline? Hey, hey. hey girl. Um, do you have any bright lines like Tom? Bright lines? Yeah. So w maybe we should ex okay. try to explain the concept <laughs> of bright lines first for people who don't know. Bright lines are just, really I, my understanding hard and fast rules of things you do and do not do yeah like your worldview where you draw a line like this is just something i don't do this is something i do do bright lines and one of like one of them is nutrition for tom in terms of what he eats and when it's mm -hmm. just it's mm -hmm. very very a rigid a very binary um vision of of that particular thing and that's what helps him kind of stay focused and stay disciplined bright lines I guess mm -hmm. I can start with that one. Yeah, what do you think, Ibrahim? All right. Well, if it's considered a bright line, my morning ritual, where I actually got a lot of it from Tom and Tony Robbins, but just making sure that every morning I'm doing something that's physical, whether it's working out or exercising, doing something for my mind, um, mostly meditating. I'll just go out in nature or being out here in LA, there's so much you can really just see and the beauty of it. So that, and then also... Um, just honestly making sure that I have a list of my goals uh, written down somewhere or priorities that I need to tackle. So I'm not just um, working hard, but I'm actually being productive and going in the direction of my, my goals. But um, nice. outside of that, I also say getting toxic people out of my life because I feel like a, 
and maybe it's, it's a hard subject to talk about, but I feel like um, in the past, uh, you become very similar to people you surround yourself with, or you heard the saying, you become like the five people you surround yourself with. And um, sometimes people were um, not on the same path as me, not that they weren't on a, a path of their own, but um, I just had to go my own way. It's bright lines. Oh, so. bright lines. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have one? Uh, so I'm trying to like rack my brain to figure out what my bright lines are. And I don't know if I have bright lines. Yeah. Um, That's fair. Maybe yet could be. I don't know. Or like, maybe I don't you don't. eat ice cream. Oh, okay. that, that could be a bright line. I yeah. don't eat ice cream. It makes me ill. So I don't eat it. But I don't consider it a bright line. It's just like a personal choice that you know. Oh, and I don't drink milk. That's mm. a bright line for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dairy. So, yeah. But like, I'll, I'll like do like yogurts and stuff. And mm -hmm. like, I've figured out. But I don't drink milk. Period. Um, <laughs> that's great. That's a good start. That's a good start. Maybe like you one. don't need a bunch of bright lines. I don't know. <laughs> no, it may not work for you. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know if it does. Do you have an alternative? To milk? Oh, I like drink like coconut milk, almond milk, yeah, like rice milk, and okay. all the other milks. Yeah. I also don't. What drink other milk. milks are out there? What kind of milks <laughs> do we not know about? <laughs> we should know about. Oh, <laughs> oh, cashew milk. Yeah, there are so many different kinds of milk that aren't mm. milk. But also, how do you milk a cashew? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, man. I don't know how they make most of the stuff. <laughs> I'm just like I just want the calcium. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. But yeah, um, and I don't drink lactate milk because I actually don't like the taste of milk. So nice. Um, I I do have one bright line uh, within my wife and I do, and that is um, we spend money on health, health and self care. Mm -hmm. So um, I think when That's you're yeah, when you're in your early twenties and stuff, and you're relatively healthy, and you probably aren't making a lot of money, and you don't want to spend money on things that are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's easy to it's easy to kind of slide into that, like, oh, I don't need to go to the doctor, or, oh, this will just pass, or you know, I'll figure it out, or I'll take care of it later. Uh -huh. But um, a few years ago, we just decided that health is the most important thing. If you don't have health, you can't really enjoy life or or experience anything. And so now, anything that comes up, big or small, we don't hesitate. Whatever the cost, spend money on health. It's bright. That's line. that's a really good bright line. Maybe I should adopt that bright line soon yeah <laughs> soon yeah i think a lot of guys don't do that they're like like you when you look at your health and uh you're like well i don't need to right i don't go need to the do hospital that. I, yeah i'll be I'm fine yeah. yeah but i i agree with you over the long term i think it's important okay. to start taking care of your Fair. yourself in that way absolutely amanda any bright lines I'm, for you i'm trying to think like i don't know if i actually have like strict bright lines either yeah. but i kind of i think I don't know if this is considered a bright line, but like every day I wake up, I feel like I have to be productive today and have a purpose. Like, so I'm on a mission to like tackle everything, like something, you know, for my mind, something for fitness, something for towards a goal. Like I just, I have to, that's just kind of like, I guess, everyday life, like pushing forward every yeah. day. But it's like when I wake up, it's like, you know, even if you're tired and you just kind of want to be lazy, even if it's the weekend, I'm like, nope, I got to get up and like tackle these things. And then I can go to bed you know, peacefully. I'm so not surprised by that because can we just agree that Amanda tackles everything? <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. full on every day. It just gets after <laughs> it. Just going. Doing all kinds wow. of stuff. 
I mean, your list must just be so long, your to-do list. <laughs> right. We just had like a uh, impact party and she planned the whole like thing by herself. Just thinking about it. Like, write that down yeah. and then halfway through it, mm. you're like, I can't. It's too much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's cool. All right. Um, let's give something away. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on Facebook Live. I want to make sure that we get through all of our prizes. We have a lot of them today. Thanks for joining us on Facebook Live. Um, just as a reminder, Tom and Lisa are away. And so we are taking over the page. That's right. We're doing a little uh, Facebook Live takeover. Ooh. Ask your questions for the Impact Theory team. Um, you might know this gentleman right here on this on this book. Gary Vaynerchuk, he was a guest on Impact Theory not too long ago. Mm -hmm. Great episode if you haven't seen it. We have his book, Ask Gary V, the latest. And let me just say, it is signed by signed Gary by himself. And only wow. Gary Vaynerchuk. And you can win it <laughs> if you know the answers to this question. According to the episode, what is Gary's superpower? According to the Impact Theory episode, Drop what the is Gary's superpower? Drop it in the comments and you have a chance to win a signed <laughs> Ask Gary V book. Nice. Okay. We'll give you time and we will go to another question from Tom and Lisa. You guys know I have a very strict diet that I stick to, except for very special occasions. And I do that so that I can bring my best every day to what I'm doing. And a big part of that strict diet is high quality animal protein and my go-to source of trustworthy meats and seafoods with no added hormones or antibiotics ever is ButcherBox. ButcherBox is a premium meat subscription service that delivers 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood all directly to your door. I cannot recommend ButcherBox enough. When you eat ButcherBox, you are giving your body the best possible building blocks to work with so you can reach your full potential. You've got to take care of yourself at a cellular level if you want to hit your peak consistently. So ButcherBox is the key. Sign up at butcherbox.com impact and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. And that means you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com impact and use code impact to choose your free for a year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. If getting your hands dirty and taking good care of your car or cars is a passion of yours, then eBay Motors is here for the ride because I'm sure you remember when you first saw the potential in that beauty. And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with eBay Motors. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
It's Tom Bilyeu here. And if you are addicted to the relentless pursuit of greatness, then I've got something special for you guys. The Motivation Daily Podcast by Motiversity. It's your daily fix of motivation, inspiration, and wisdom featuring the best speeches and speakers on the planet. We cover it all. Life, business, relationships, discipline, purpose, mental health, sports, studying, focus, you name it. With exclusive speeches from heavy hitters like Coach Payne, Billy Allsbrooks, Marcus Taylor, Dr. Jessica Houston, Walter Bond, and more. If you're ready to take control, level up, or just crush your day, then Motivation Daily Podcast is your secret weapon. Search for the Motivation Daily Podcast and follow wherever you listen to amazing podcasts. What is your favorite book? <laughs> I feel like this question was designed for me. <laughs> it was designed for you, so you kick it off. I'll kick it off. <laughs> All right, favorite. It's I'm not a kind of person who has favorite books. Have a lot of books that I think are really meaningful to me, but I think a book that sort of changed my life in the sense of how I thought about literature and why I became passionate about it was uh, Mrs. Dalloway by Virginia Woolf. I read that. Yeah, good. so I read it in high school. I've read it several times throughout my life. Um, first time I read it was in high school, and it just changed um, everything because she was ex so experimental in that book with how she was writing a novel and the theme she was talking about. Um, it was just—it's a very deeply layered book, and you can read it in many different ways. And I just got really into it. And since then, it was that book, and then a couple of other things that I read in high school that really started my path down being passionate about literature and studying it in college and then going on to study it in grad school. So, Mrs. Dalloway. Nice. Yeah, yeah. He has a nice, succinct answer. Uh, I do not. <laughs> um, because I feel like it's hard for me to pick a favorite book because some of them have different significances and meanings mm -hmm. for me. So, like, I would say, like, the Harry Potter series is one of my favorites yeah. just because I – can't pick one it it just like captures reading as a child and like the voracious reader that i was and everything about that energy and it's great and i love it um but then i have the god of small things which is a book that even right now it's really hard for me to explain the plot to people but the feeling has like lingered with me and i read that probably in 11th grade who wrote that again uh arundhati arundhati roy yeah yeah and she just came out with another book after like a 20-year hiatus, which I pur purchased in hardcover. It's on my shelf now waiting to be read. Nice. So it's just it just left this like really deep and lasting feeling for me, but I couldn't tell you what that book was about fully. Like I can't explain the full plot. Yeah. Um, I just love the way it was written, the themes, everything, the characters. Um, Great Expectations is another one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I just I can't pick, and so I I haven't helped you guys at all. So oh, that, that was good. Though. <laughs> give give <laughs> us a little glimpse into the mind of Cindy Ibrahim. <laughs> all right, book? I have to say I'm like Cindy. It's hard to choose a favorite, but I would say one book that has had the most impact or influence on my life, um, starting out very young, was uh, The Way of the Superior Man by David Data. 
and um, also uh, How to Be a 3% Man by Corey Wayne. Uh, both of those books, um, I think every man should read and also women just to understand men, but it goes into detail how to uh, be on uh, your mission, um, almost the same sense of the hero's journey for a man. And also talks about women and um, dealing with relationships, dating, and uh, ultimately answered a lot of problems that I was and challenges I would say I was facing when I was younger. And even uh, to this day, I always go back to it and use it as a fundamentals book just to make sure that I'm grounded and centered and um, staying on my path and my mission. Nice. Amanda? I don't know that I have a favorite or significant book either. I will say I never was really a big reader growing up. I mean, okay. other than like school Fair. and stuff like that, but never really into reading. And probably when I started at Quest is when like Tom talked about mindset and read that. And so after that, over this last like five or six years, I've I've read more, but I'm like on a mission to become a reader. Nice. Um, but, you know, mindset, I know that's like Tom's favorite book, but I will say that that like made an impact, not only because it, you know, just actually really reading like a book from beginning to end, but like the whole fixed to growth mindset really like made an impact. Um, with me and where I was at in my life. Um, and then on a more of a funner side, from being a kid, Peter Pan has always oh, been cool. like my favorite like book and story. And it's kind of a special thing between me and my brother. And so it's like our little inside like uh, story. And so I actually keep the Peter Pan book, which um, that he gave as like a gift from at his wedding like mm -hmm. to me like a really nice copy like next to my bed and it's just something i even have like the little shoe from tinkerbell um <laughs> that just whenever i think cool. about life and stuff like i i go back to peter pan i don't know just something about oh, cool. fantasy yeah. land and just being able to I love it like, yeah do anything you want to do and just like live you know i don't know it's like a little kid again but like yeah as a big kid i don't know <laughs> so that's how i that's felt awesome. all of d23 to be honest <laughs> Like, tell us about d23 so d23 was the is the disney expo it's like a disney fan club expo and you know they do it every other year since like 2009 i think and it literally is a whole bunch of adults and there are some kids there who come with their parents reliving and capturing the magic of childhood like all weekend mm -hmm. and like you get to see some previews for things that are coming out. Like, you know, they tell you kind of what's coming out in the next couple of years and the different animations, live action, all of that. But then they also have things that just like reek of nostalgia and it's amazing. And you don't realize how powerful it is. Mm -hmm. Like I was on the verge of tears so many times, Whoa. like so many times. And I'm like, what is happening to me? Because <laughs> like I went into it just like, you know, just kind of aloof about it my sister planned it it was one of the few times that my sister took initiative to like fully plan something and it was like her full responsibility yeah and, like how we get there hotel like all of it everything she planned it and i was really proud of her it was awesome um and so i was just like i have no idea what i'm going into like i haven't looked at anything i don't know what panels are happening and so i just like went on this journey with her and it was so moving for just the both of us because some of the songs and things that they were talking about or singing like i remember we used to sing them together and then i used to have this like pocahontas like Whoa. piano book we didn't have a piano i didn't know how to play piano but it had all the lyrics to the song and when i got a clarinet i tried to play the song mm -hmm. but obviously they're in different keys and like they're 
pianos are different. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I learned that real quick. And, uh, but it was just, it was really cool. It was, yeah. And so I feel like that's feeling with like going back to Peter Pan. That's how I feel about like going back to a lot of Disney movies. Nice. Mm. Yeah. Love it. All right. Uh, I want to see if we have a winner. Got seals. You just won. Signed copy of Ask Gary V. Congratulations. We will get your address and send this out to you. Thanks for participating and for joining us on Facebook Live. Guys, we have other prizes to give away, so don't go away. We have an Audible subscription and a signed poster of your choosing. This is an example of of one of our posters from Mm shop.impacttheory.com, but we're going to have Tom sign one and we'll send it out to you. So don't go away. All right, here's a question from... Matt Wireman, he asks, favorite comic? And that is comic book, not uh, stand-up comic. (laughs) Um, I'll kick this one off because it's easy for me. I don't have one because I don't read comics. So, yeah. Mm. I'm into the X-Men. When I was a kid, I was into the X-Men. My brother was kind of into comics, and I'd kind of like look over his shoulder while he was reading them, but I never got into it. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a very similar answer. Uh, Except for instead of your brother reading comments, my brother read a lot of manga mm. and um, I just never got into it. I, I don't know, but I love like the universe of like superheroes and like all of those kind of stories yeah. and movies and films and all that. I just never really read comic books. Definitely. Mm. Yeah. Well, for me, I would say I didn't have a favorite one, but my mom had a whole box full of comics. I, I, I actually don't know where she got it from or if she liked comics personally, but um, I would go through it. And um, like Cindy said, I, I love superhero comics and anything about space, like space and science fiction. That was all me. Um, I wouldn't say that anything kind of made me gravitate towards it, but um, I just honestly, and back then I was just looking at the pictures, to be honest with you. I was like, yeah. oh, <laughs> look at this. Like, not really reading the words. Beautiful. Mm. Amanda, with you guys, I don't really, I didn't really read much comics, but I can we remember the whole two panel. Of, this my, whole yeah, panel exactly. I do have one, what but is I it? read it for class, like freshman year of college, and it was called Mouse. Oh yeah, like, that graphic novel. I was like, yeah, I like this. Very good. I do, and I ended up reading the second one after the mm. class was over too. So nice. I'll I say, was, like, but, I I can remember having an older brother and like like looking at him while he reads them, or like, but I. I can remember too, like being young and actually looking at comics. Maybe I was more looking at the picture or if I was reading, but I can remember like loving, like, you know, the ima- imagination of like you're reading it and maybe like go there, but you know, how is he really expressing it? And like looking at the, the picture drawn, like I think that's yeah really cool about comics, but I, yeah. I can't like pick one or remember really. Yeah. I also used to read comic strips out of the newspaper. Oh, yes. I did do that that too. That I do remember. Calvin and Hobbes. I did like the Peanuts too and Mm -hmm. like what else? Mm -hmm. The one with the lady. Like her name was Patty, I think. Kathy. Kathy. Anybody? I don't know. Anyone (laughs) else? (laughs) Like I just, (laughs) I remember because. At the time, I lived in Minnesota, so it was like we would get the Star Tribune, and then I would pull out the comic section and just read those. So it's like those aren't comic books, but I did read comics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
actually I would I would wait till, until like the gas station was getting ready to throw out their com their Sunday newspaper just to get the Sunday newspaper so I can look at the comics. So huh. if that counts. That's smart. That's smart. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Me and my parents buy it. <laughs> I was like, why do we get this paper? Because, like, my, I don't remember my parents ever reading it. So I would take the comic section. I think my mom would take, like, the circulars and the coupons and stuff. And then we would just have this giant newspaper just sitting. We use it for crafts. It used to be very crafty. Make pop. And yeah. bird cages. And bird yeah. cages. <laughs> Lay in the bottom of a bird cage. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> All right. Um, I think we're about at our halfway mark. So I would like to thank Ibrahim and Amanda for joining us today and no, thank invite you. our next guest. Oh, you're welcome. It was a pleasure, guys. All right. So let's have our next panelist next come up. Panelist. Come on down. And please bear with yeah. us, Facebook Live audience, as we make this transition. Thanks again for joining us. Much appreciated. Oh, hello. 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 All right. Please introduce yourselves to our Facebook Live audience. Uh, my name is Michelle. I am the newest member of the Impact Theory team, and I'm here doing all things Sheroic. Yeah. And you have to tell our Facebook Live audience what Sheroic is in case they don't know. Okay. And tell them where to find it. Yeah, it's awesome. for sure. So if you're not familiar, head to besheroic.com. You can check out everything that we're doing there. Um, but we are a podcast hosted by Lisa Bilyeu, who I'm sure you all are familiar with, and uh, <laughs> Cassie Ho from Blogilates. So we're talking all things female empowerment, female issues. Uh, it's an awesome podcast. And it's not only for females. We've had some reviews from men that uh, say the podcast has given them greater insight into how women think. Yeah. So <laughs> I recommend it for everyone. There we go. <laughs> nice. Um, so my name is Lisa, uh, but they call me LC because there's, al there's already another Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> and um, I'm the marketing intern, uh, one of many. So, yeah. Nice. Do I also say what I do or? Yeah, a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Um, a little bit about myself. So I moved to LA like two months ago. I'm from New York and yeah. All right. Yeah. Nice and short. Um, we have a question here that I think this is a great one to kick this new panel off with. <laughs> and, uh, it's from Gabriel. Uh, and he asks, I would like to know about the girl's definition of masculinity and the boy's definition of femininity. Oh good. Wow. We're going deep. Oh, so by boys you mean me. Um I'll take a stab at this and hopefully not put my foot in my mouth. Um honestly, I don't really have a definition. I think that um I don't really believe in gender norms. And uh Brene Brown talks about how, you know, men are always associated with like confidence and aggression, but it's important for them to learn how to be vulnerable. And um, I think there's another aspect she talks about, but vulnerability is one that's important. And the same thing, it's like men or women are always associated with like vulnerability and being in touch and sensitive, but they don't get associated with confidence and with, um, you know, leadership or whatever. And that's just false. It's just patently false. And mm -hmm. it's just, we just have to stop thinking that way. Yeah. So for me, I don't really believe in gender norms like that. Yeah. So with that eloquent answer, because <laughs> I really don't, I, I feel like I don't really have a, a good definition of masculinity because I think of everyone as people. And so I almost boil them down to their, indiv 
individuality. Yeah. So like you can exist as the person you are with all the different like sensitivities, vulnerability, complexities, all of that, and still be like whatever you choose to express yourself as. So, you know, I'm okay if you're a dude and you cry. Uh, and you should also be okay if I might not cry, which is very, yeah. that's false. Like, I'm going to cry. But what <laughs> you I, individually, like me cry. individually, right. you might cry. But that doesn't mean that, you know, I'm not tough. That doesn't mean that I'm not confident. I'm not able to, you know, make tough decisions just because I think about the way, the ramifications of how that affects another person. And I might actually feel that myself just because I have a lot of empathy. Um, and so I feel like that shouldn't be something that I guess like confines because I feel like for masculinity, there's such a narrow view of it yeah. societally that it makes it really difficult, like in my experience to, you know, have like whole men, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So I feel like that's why I've had, like, I don't, I choose not to have a definition of masculinity because I want to allow the other person or the other man to be able to express every piece of themselves without feeling like they're losing something <clears throat> or weak because weak apparently is really bad. It's not okay. Time. Yeah. It's not okay <laughs> to be weak. <laughs> um, I don't know that I have a whole lot more to add because I totally <clears throat> agree that I think it's such an individualized thing that it like we just can't put people in these buckets. Um, but I, I recently had the chance to read Lewis Howe's new book. It's not out yet. But when, <laughs> yeah. but, but, so, when is, but when it is. But when it is. And when he's on the Shirelli podcast. He talks about all of the different um, you know, masks of masculinity. That's what the book is called. Um, so it was very interesting. I think he broke it up into nine different masks. Um, I won't give away too much in the book. Um, but, uh, you know, he talks about all of these things that men are expected to be in society. So men are expected to be athletic. They're expected to be tough. They're expected to be um, the alpha male all the time. And it's just not who they are as yeah. people, you know. Um, people are, are different and it's not fair for us as, as females and as other males to expect expect them to fit into all of these individual um roles so and i think on the flip side it's the same with women women yeah. are put into these different things we're expected to be um i don't know i guess cute. probably just the opposite yeah like we're like, you know look good her. yeah like cute. bubbly happy <laughs> all yeah. the time yeah. and yeah smile <laughs> yeah and it's just not how it is so my answer is a little different uh, because I think there's two sides to that question. There's the cultural side and the more biological side. And uh, the way I took the question, I think he meant it, I'm guessing, in a more scientific way. So um, I read both The Female Brain, recommended by Lisa Bilyeu. She's in the comments. And, uh, and I also read The Male Brain. And... After having read those books, I do understand that there are fundamental differences in the way that we're wired. Now, what society decides to do with that, uh, what traits that they choose to make more prominent in men and females, um, I think that I agree with, um, with both Michelle and Cindy on that point. But I do think uh, women are more geared for a connection 
And uh, I think it's one of the reasons why we strong such, uh, I guess, strong friendships and um, and the way that we love and the way that we nurture, I think that is something that is fundamentally true about the feminine energy. It's wanting everything to cooperate. It's wanting to build connection. It's asking others for advice and being a bit more considerate of everyone's feelings. Whereas male energy, I know men... Um, they tend to like to master their environment. And that's why you'll see like a 30-year-old boy, he's like touching everything and just <laughs> running around and being a little crazy. And so um, so I think with that, um, the male energy is like they get energy from having been aggressive, which I think is different for women. I think uh, when Tom talks about using the darkness, I think the way I think the reason that works for men is because aggression actually gives them energy. And whereas women, we tend to, I think that just makes us a little crazy. So we choose not to deal with it. But I do mm-hmm. think society has uh, decided what traits that they want to make more prominent of a male figure and uh, kind of given us expectations of what we should expect, but not necessarily based on actual scientific data. Yeah. Nice. You've inspired me to read those books now. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like there's a study where uh, they have a group of little young girls and a group of little boys, and uh, and they put like a little toy, and they say, okay, don't touch this to both groups. The little girls check back with their mothers for confirmation on what to do like 20 times. The little boys, not a single time. They just rain for it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's because like they have – they have such a need to master their environment that you almost, you have to pull them and be a little bit more mm. um, rough with them right. because they don't understand nuances and emotions um, yeah. at a younger, at an, well, they tend to understand at a much older age than young girls. Whereas uh, when you take like a little girl to a restaurant, the reason why she would behave better than the little boy is because she understands those cues already. Her brain has developed so quickly that she can pick up on the little nuances. Whereas little boys, it's like, you know, they're just a little lower on the IQ level. <laughs> Slower <laughs> to develop. Very young, yeah. so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hmm. yeah All right. Really cool nice. To see. Let's uh, let's go to a question from Tom and Lisa. Uh, next one. What is your favorite movie? Oh. Mm. I, Again, feels like Teen Lunch. <laughs> Cindy hates this question. I hate this question. She doesn't watch movies. Because I do. I watch, watch movies. movies. I watch movies. I watch plenty of movies. I just can't pick a favorite. And sometimes I don't remember them. Yeah, I can't pick a favorite either, but I will say one of the best movies that I've ever seen is The Shining. And everyone always is like, what? That's a horror movie. Yes, it's a horror movie. But if you strip away the horror and you just set that aside for a second, as a film, it is incredible. Everything from top to bottom, the cinematography, the writing, the set, the soundtrack is absolutely perfect Mm -hmm. if you look at it from a film perspective. So... Watch The Shining again in a new, from a new angle. <laughs> new perspective. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't, I like really don't have an answer. I have such a hard time and I feel like if I were to just pick a movie, it would all be a lie. Yeah. Because like, I don't know how to say something's my favorite. Like, I've seen Love and Basketball a lot. 
Does that count as a favorite movie? Like we'll put it in the category of favorites, Cindy's like, favorites. You know, Big Fish. I thought was like life changing for me when I first saw it. Like, <laughs> it's a good awesome, movie, yeah. really great movie. But I'm like, is it my favorite? I've probably only seen it like twice, and I probably couldn't tell you exactly what happened. Like, <laughs> so uh, sorry. All right. Any others favorite movies over here? Um. For me, it's so hard to pick a favorite. We were having this conversation last week. Um, the one, I don't know that I would say it's my favorite, but it's consistently in my top five, top 10, um, is Little Miss Sunshine. Uh, yes. It's a great I just movie. love that movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll pull a Tom and not answer the question directly. <laughs> one of my most like inspirational movies that has, I guess, like, trans- helped transform my mindset. For me, it's Sing. Um, the most recent movie that I've watched. Oh, that, yeah. yeah. You're telling me about that. had an amazing impact on me. Um, so at the time, uh, Tom had released the Impact Books video for Disney. And he was talking about the enth- enthusiasm that you need as an entrepreneur to keep going fail after fail after fail. And that movie, even though it's animated and it's geared toward children, it's so true to that concept. I don't remember the name of the main character, but I think he's a koala. Um, I think. And <laughs> I swear, guys, this movie is phenomenal. Um, and just the story in the movie. So he had this theater that he wanted to build, and he kept uh, like getting across all these obstacles uh, to keep him from his dream, but he just kept going. And he was so enthusiastic with every single thing that he did that it was just like, I cried. I cried wow. watching that movie. It was phenomenal. Gotta see that one. Yeah. Sounds great. Also see Moana. That's yes. like... Moana's good too. Moana is phenomenal. Wow. All right. Phenomenal. Well, add them to the list. Um, somebody's trying to sing in the background. Yeah. <laughs> One wiki monster. He's like, I want to give my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's do another giveaway. So we have posters on the store, shop.impacttheory.com. This is one of them. They come in two different sizes. And we are going to get one, have Tom sign it, and send it to you, They're lucky right. audience member, if you can answer the following question. Question is, who said this quote? The only thing that's constant in this ever-changing world is who I am. It's from an Impact Theory episode. It's from one of our guests. I'll repeat it. The only thing that's constant in this ever-changing world is who I am. Tell us who said that quote, and we will. Um, you can choose a poster. We'll have Tom sign it, and we'll ship it out to you. Put it in the comments now. Let's go to another Wait, question. One way I make sure my business is moving in the right direction is to ensure we are constantly becoming more efficient. Because in my experience, inefficiencies will eat away your profits and leave you with a dying business. But with the right technology, your business can get the insights it needs to become efficient and ultimately unstoppable. And that is why I recommend you check out NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, all of it into one platform and one source of truth. 
You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors that are massively inefficient. Guys, inflation is no joke. So check out NetSuite and see how you can cut costs and boost performance at the same time, like the 37,000 companies that have already made the switch. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Do not wait. Head right now to netsuite.com slash theory. Again, that's netsuite.com slash theory. Get the information you need. Head to netsuite.com slash theory. Do you consider yourself an entrepreneur, a linchpin, or a continuity player? No right answer, and I'll define them. So an entrepreneur is somebody who really at the end of the day is trying to build their own thing. If they're being an entrepreneur, meaning they want to use entrepreneurial tendencies inside of a larger company, uh, they're thinking outside the box, constantly pushing their skill set forward. They're looking at uh, problems that we need to solve as a business and they're doing it totally irrespective of what their job description is. Uh, a linchpin is somebody who is absolutely best in class at their role. They understand the problems that their um, role is facing and how they can help the company. And they're going hard, hard, hard to become the best in the world at that. Uh, and then a continuity player is somebody who more or less is, they're there, they're rock solid, they show up every day, they're putting in the work, uh, but promotion and advancement isn't their game. They want a stress-free life. So which of the three? We get all the tough questions. <laughs> this is a good one. I like this. Yeah, um, good one. Good question. I'll kick it off. Okay. So I'm going to say, as I usually answer questions, um, <laughs> not with simple answers, it's, it, it evolves. And it's evolved for me in, in mm -hmm. my life and my career. I think when I started out um, in my early 20s, I wanted to be a continuity player. Uh, my first couple of jobs, I just wanted to go in, do my work, get off work, get a paycheck, and focus on the things outside of my work that were important to me, like um, art or you know um, social activities or family or friends or whatever it was. And that was what I was prioritizing in my life. W around my mid to late 20s, um, I started to become a linchpin or wanted to be a linchpin. And I think that was because things were changing in my life. My priorities changed, I got married. You know, and so it was all about like, how can I go into this company and just be the absolute best in this role on my team? How can I just go in and dominate? And that's what I did. And I think now I'm at a place where I'm, I would say I'm kind of shifting from linchpin more into entrepreneur is how I'm seeing myself. Um, the reason I even came over to Impact Theory was because it was an opportunity to be part of a founding team that's going to actually shape the business going forward and not just be kind of executing on the vision that's set forth but actually helping to shape it and that's what i'm trying to do here so yeah it's evolved um, cool i don't want to go next okay <laughs> Michelle? Um, okay yeah so i think kind of similar to you jared i definitely in the past didn't have any sort of entrepreneurial mindset i was just kind of working to work and wanted to have fun um but more recently in, in, in my role at Quest, I took on more of an entrepreneurial mindset. Um, I mean, I went into Quest and 
I don't even remember like what my initial what job description was. Girl. Yeah, I was essentially just posting the videos, like doing the annotations, doing like the back end of YouTube. And that was pretty much all I was doing at that time. And then, uh, you know, I transformed that role into what I wanted it to be, which was producing content. That's always been um, a passion for, of mine. And I definitely took the opportunity at Quest to really um, build that and do what I wanted to do. So, um, yeah, I had the opportunity to produce some really awesome content, like produced a show called Transformation, if you've seen it. Which was awesome. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it was great. Um, And then um, even just did, like, we produced, like, a Facebook Live show. Like, just taking Mm -hmm. um, the opportunity that wasn't necessarily given to me and just kind of creating the opportunity yeah myself that's awesome yeah yeah um for me um i never really wanted to be a con i don't think i've ever been or interested in being a continuity player um i watched a video that actually said stress isn't bad for you it's only when you believe that stress is bad for you that is bad for you Mm -hmm. and um (laughs) yeah and i never really wanted a stress-free life or anything like that i've always sought challenges in my life and so for me, I, I'm always at my best when I feel challenged. When I don't, it's, it frustrates me a lot. Um, so for me, um, so I would say I do have entrepreneurial tendencies in that I, um, I don't necessarily s- stick to a specific role, but I do believe in the art of mastery. And that's focusing on one thing that you want to do and practicing that over and over again so you can build like little nuances that uh, you probably couldn't even explain to anyone else because it's become such a part of your identity. And for me, what I'm trying to do that with, um, what I'm trying to do here with that is uh, social media. And so I told myself if I can, so now, oh, by the way, guys, I'm the (laughs) one who tweets you back on Twitter. And uh, we'll hit you up on the Instagram. So, hi. <laughs> on the Impact uh, Theory Twitter <laughs> handle, just Impact to clarify. Now. Yeah. For Impact, <laughs> yeah. For Impact, for Impact Theory. And so now that I handle all those channels, it's like, okay, how can I, what can I do with this? What can I learn? How can I improve? Uh, what can I test? How do I, how do I test my intuition? Uh, which I think is one of the reasons why I came here. Um, I have really strong intuitions about things, but I needed a place to like a mirror to hold back and say, okay, this is where it needs to improve. This is where this needs to get better. So essentially, I do believe in um, focusing on one thing and getting really, really good at that. Uh, But I do also have entrepreneurial tendencies. So maybe a little bit of both. Yeah. 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 It could be hybrid. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Hybrid. (laughs) I would would also probably think of myself more hybrid probably more so on the entrepreneurial side because i just i really do like going after challenges and solving them and figuring them out and i like the ability to kind of dabble in a lot of different things at the same time um i feel like i've always been from a kid like a jack of all trades and that's why like ironically uh elsie was telling me that i would be really great on jeopardy and it's because i just know (laughs) random stuff about like jeopardy i said any show she's amazing (laughs) no but like just because it's it's fun facts and just other random tidbits of information that just like stick in my brain and i just remember them or and i end up using them later or pulling them out just randomly so 
I feel like, you know, one of the things I want to do is get better at focusing my attention, which I feel like impact theory helps me do. And especially you help me kind of like focus <laughs> on the, the one task because I love to do all the things. Yeah. All the things, dabble into all the little things and like do them all. Um, and then I just feel like I, then you end up needing someone behind you to like fix it all. So, um, <laughs> yeah. trying to get better at that. Uh, so I definitely feel like I'd consider myself more entrepreneurial too, because I would be like a slightly bossy older sister. Like I like <laughs> to coordinate. And if you were to think about it, they were my first like executive team. <laughs> nice. And so, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I feel about that. Nice. All right. Great answers, everyone. We have a winner for the poster. It is Gabriel Delaberali. Hope I said that right. Um, congratulations, Gabriel. You won a Woo! poster. Okay. We will sync up with you and figure out which poster you want. We'll get Tom to sign it and we'll ship it out to you. Thanks for joining us today. We're running out of time, but we still have one more giveaway. So let's just do it right now. This is the big one. It's a three-month Audible subscription. Okay. Yeah. Three-month Audible subscription. And the question is this. What book got Tom reading when he was younger? There was one book in particular that kicked off his interest in reading. What was it? Drop it in the comments now, and we will come back to you and choose a winner. And the author. You have to have the book and the author <laughs> yeah. for this one. Should yeah. we also all answer that question? I feel like that's interesting. Or I'll maybe answer. not. We can answer it, yeah. In a few minutes, let's give mm -hmm. people a chance to put it in the comments. Oh. Are you saying for ourselves? For ourselves. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. okay, okay yeah. for yeah. us. Well, I already sort of answered it for me. Back with the favorite book question. Oh, really? oh. Yeah. The, okay. I mean, yeah, I read Goosebumps <laughs> and stuff. I've always been interested. I've always been interested in reading. Yeah. So I've always read my whole life. But when I really got serious about literature, literature. being a passion of mine and something I wanted to study, it was with Mrs. Dalloway. So. Okay. okay. What do you think? I know I turn this on everyone, but I and I don't have an answer because, <laughs> <laughs> because now that I'm thinking about it, it's like I I always read. Like I started reading early actually because I think and this is just true of me as like a kid is I was frustrated with having to wait for other people to read to me. So I just learned how to read. <laughs> that's so Cindy. So <laughs> that I was like, yeah. the way, like the, that's the way I learned to tie my shoes. Like I was just the notoriously independent. So it was really interesting when Elsie um, was talking about how like you would put a little kid in the middle of the room and they would like go off and like a little boy in the middle of the room and they yeah, go off and explore and like whatever. Yeah. I was that child and my brother was the person who sat in the middle of the room <laughs> because it was like, hey, sit here. And so he's like, all right, I was told that I need to sit here. And I would be the person climbing up onto the, like the cupboards to get things. So keeping things high was, you know, I was the Rugrats baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I started learning, like reading probably like, I want to say like three and a half, four maybe. Or it's four. Um, and so... After that, it was just like books all the time. And nice. Yeah. Brief hiatus, probably in like my collegiate days in law school when I was like, I'm reading textbooks. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I don't have time to read for fun. And yeah. reading isn't fun. Yeah. And so then I quit reading. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, I did not grow up growing, like, I didn't love to read growing up. Um, 
So I'm trying to think back to when I really started because now I read all the time. Like I can't go a day without reading at least part of a book or something. I just love it. Um, but I, I don't know if there's one specific book that made me that way. I've um, in the past, I don't know, like year or so gotten super, super interested in nutrition. So I read tons and tons of books about nutrition. Um, so I think for me, just finding a topic that was, that kind of lit a fire mm -hmm. in me, um, made me want to read other things as well. Um, and, and individual books would touch on a subject and I would want it to go deeper into that subject. And when it didn't, I would seek out other books that were yeah. in that field, but in a different yeah. era, if yeah. that makes any sense at all. <laughs> um, but when I was younger, the books that I read were about murder a lot. Like, is that weird? Like, <laughs> no. I don't know. Weird. I love that. Though. I like, 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 I like Agatha men. Christie. Yeah, I mean, not really. Like, but, but like, like like true crime. Oh, true crime. Oh, yeah, okay. like like this actually like happened. this series. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I loved all of that. Like, just, when I was in the sixth grade, one of my favorite shows was Murder She Wrote. I loved oh. Murder She Wrote. Murder, she that was wrote. like yeah. like I was show. all into murder everything from a young age. All right. And I probably just lost. <laughs> it. Murder. And we did that flip bite. I'm just like I was just all murder, murder and all day. Oh, murder Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> That's your new nickname. Oh, no. no. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah, can we like rewind and not play that? <laughs> oh, wait, it's fine. <laughs> we can't edit that out, unfortunately. Elsie. Me, everyone. <laughs> so, I don't remember my early reading experiences, but I wouldn't say I wasn't really a book nerd, uh, but I know I did enjoy reading textbooks, <laughs> which is weird. But, um, uh, a book when when I moved to New York. So I was born and raised in Haiti. And so uh, I learned English through books and kids television. And so when I moved, I was reading a lot of the, the Babysitter's Club. I love the Babysitter's mm, Club. Classic. I used to get that those box sets yeah, to my house. God. <laughs> series, it, um, like, um, I didn't yet understand American culture in the way that young women here from friendships and et cetera. I was 11. And so um, I get, I guess I got a little bit of taste of that from reading those books and understanding the, uh, the different um, levels of how uh, American young women connect to each other and the things that they relate on, which isn't necessarily my world culturally. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't, I didn't always love to read. Uh, I do listen to a lot of Audible now, and that's my preferred way of reading. Um, but yeah, that's my answer. The Babysitter's Club. Babysitter's Club. I tried to start a Babysitter's Club. Did you really? Yeah, I did. Did it work? No. no. I, <laughs> I, I couldn't no. get anybody else on board because like, uh, I don't know. I didn't have enough friends who actually knew how to babysit. And I had no clue how to really start it. I was like, do I put a poster up at the grocery store? Like, because I wanted to do that. Like, I was like, this is. <laughs> but I love that you were already com community building. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Like destined. I know. It's like destined to do this yeah. because because it was I like the the idea of the female friendship and like them meeting every week and like all of them right. hanging out and like Claudia yeah, having so. a stash of candy. Like right? I think that's why I still have stashes of candy, not in my house, <laughs> but I used to at my like desk. So 
it was like the Being sex in the body. city nice. of 11 year olds <laughs> that's also, a good yeah, decision yeah. yeah. no, like yeah. scholastic book fair was my oh, yeah. jam oh, and that's yeah. the reason i have like probably all of the babysitters club somewhere in my parents house yeah because nice. i made them subscribe that was my way of like finagling because i was only allowed like three books per like thing because otherwise i circle all of them pretty uh. much, and i was like <laughs> all right cool let's get these and i was like no <laughs> you get three and so how i worked the system was i when purchase at least one of them that was a recurring subscription so like babysitters club was one of those yeah. and they would just like happen all the time and i guess then i would add my other ones along the way sorry mom love you <laughs> I, I don't think she's upset for investing in your reading yeah no like, they're not yeah. and that's why i knew i could kind of get away with it because what other kid is like can i buy a right so Cool. Well, I think we can wrap it up there. We're at the end of our hour here. So I just want to thank everyone for joining us on Facebook Live today and letting us do this. Um, I hope you got to see a little bit about what we do behind the scenes here and learn a little bit about each of us. Um, you can always send us questions and we'll try to answer. We'll be on social or we'll be doing the work behind the scenes as we usually are. But uh, thanks for joining us, and it's a weekly show, so please subscribe. And also, check out our newsletter, which is up and running, yeah. uh, going steady these days, and we're adding new things to it and trying to do some exciting stuff there. So come join the newsletter. It's going to be a different experience than what you get elsewhere. You can do that at info.impacttheory.com forward slash newsletter. And... Yeah. And, and make sure to follow Bisharoic <laughs> while we're doing shout outs. Yeah. Yes. And then we'll also have our regular QA with Tom next, next week, week, Thursday, yep. 9 a.m. He'll be back. Yeah. So get your questions ready. So be prepared. And until next time, be, be legendary. <laughs> everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.